watching him work in our midst and, and, you know, in the facilities and looking at all the stuff that's happening and looking at the future that God has for us and knowing that, hey, how many of you know that the future is too big for us? Right? You know, uh, the Bible says that God, he, he knows the thoughts and the plans that he has for you plans to prosper you, not harm you, plans to give you hope, plans to give you future. And when God plans your future, it's bigger than you. It, it will force you to stretch. You know, uh, the, the blessing of God is awesome because God's plan and his desire is to bless you, but the blessing of God always comes with complication. So as the blessings begin to pour in, the complications begin to rise. And, you know, this is just another, another reason you need God's word in your life. Because, you know, you, you know what's crazy is uh, I really don't know very many people. And, you know, don't, 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 don't be offensive. Somebody told me tonight, they said, you look nice. I said, don't let it fool you. Because, <laughs> uh, isn't that good? That's good. That's good. Right okay. So uh, here, here's the deal is that very few people really, really sustain peace. You know, we're in a, we live in a chaotic world. There's a, it's a chaotic environment. And culture's at, a, at, a, at an insane pace. And stuff's just happening. But so many people easily get separated in their God walk, you know, and they end up start doing their, you know, their, their own walk, right? In John 10, 10, when he said, I've come that you might have life, that you might have and enjoy life. And like the Amplified, to the full, till it overflows. We're talking about an overabundant amount of life. That word life is zoe, Z-O-E. It's God life or life like God has it. And, and what it is, is a lot of people are under the impression that eternal life starts when you die. Eternal life starts when you're born again. Zoe life starts when that new man comes alive. And, and now you have, it's not a different level of life. It's a different lifestyle altogether. And so you, that's why you have to renew your mind by the word of God, because you have to learn how to live God life right? And you have to learn how to think God thoughts and how, how to go God's way, right? Because his way's higher, right? His thoughts are higher. It's not a, it's not a put down. It's an invitation up. And, and we, we, we end up, if we're not careful because of the pace of our life, we end up going back. Well, you end up living Yahweh life instead of Zoe life, right? And, and, and you live in Yahweh life expecting Zoe results and it ain't happening, and so you start getting super frustrated because you're thinking that the promises of God aren't coming through, but it's not that God's word isn't true. It's just that we're not true to his word. So we end up getting separated from his word because we, 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 we are, you know, the sideshow distractions of life. We end up looking at that. We forget that we don't live by what we see, but we live by what only two of you know what you're going, how, how, do, how do we do this? Okay. <laughs> Look at, look at somebody say, we live by faith. Amen. Amen. Faith, you, you know, uh, 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 I'll probably talk about this in a bit, but uh, there's four different places in your Bible where it says the just shall live by faith. Now, now you, do, you do realize that you are the just. Hey, if you're born again, you're justified, right? You, you're, you're not sort of righteous. You're totally righteous. Enemy wants to point out all your faults, all your failures, all your shortcomings, and, and make you think that you're not good enough. And, and the truth is, you're not good enough. But your righteousness isn't based on you. It's based on him, 
right? And since we are in Christ, you know, you're, you're not, you, well, I'm trying to grow in righteousness. You don't grow righteousness. You either is or you isn't, right? It's kind of like being married. You're not partially married, okay? Took me several years, but I've convinced her. You're not halfway married. No, no, no. You are married or you're single. You, you, you know, you are righteous, right? And you are justified just as if you never sinned. I'm telling you, in the, in the sight of God, in God's eyes, I am blameless, holy, righteous in his sight. Just as if I never disobeyed. Hello, somebody. Well, if I'm going to live that way, the just live by faith. Well, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you're just in order to live the life that the just requires, you have to live by faith. And the only way to live by faith is to hear and understand and develop the word in your life. So you have you have so being justified, living by faith demands you know the word. God knows my heart. Yeah, he knows you're lazy. Told you. I might look nice. But I'm not here to make you feel good. I want you to be good. Right? See, you, you got to know the word of God. And so many people are living in, in a responsive fashion to the chaos of life. They, they are lacking peace. Could you just imagine what would happen if, you know, I mean, it would be cool to talk about the global church or even the national church or, 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 or a regional church. How about we talk about our church? Can you imagine the impact and the influence and how it would rise if a group of people suddenly possessed unyielding peace. No more freaking out. Right? No more, no more wavering in unbelief. Because you do know that the lack of peace manifests through unbelief. Remember, uh, uh, is it Hebrews when he was talking about Abraham who wavered not through unbelief? but believed that God was able to do what he said he would do. So he wasn't moved by storms or, or contradictory report. He had peace. Where's my peace? How do I get peace? Psalms 119 verse 165 says, Great peace have those that love thy law. Nothing shall offend them. Great peace, well, look at that, there it is. Great peace, great peace, great peace. You know, great peace. <laughs> you, you, know, you know what a lot of us do when we read the Bible, we, we read the Bible all wrong. We read great peace, I'm nothing to show in him. You need to go, great peace. Great, great uh, in the English, 
we might not really grasp great. You know, because it comes from the same root. Uh, the root word uh, that we're getting this word great from, it's, uh, in the Greek, it was mega. You know, and if you, if, if you leave here today and you go, uh, who is it that's got, uh, is, is it Wendy's or Burger King that, that you, can, you can get mega fries? Which is seven more French fries, I've counted. Okay, it's not that big of a deal. It's not, it's not that big of a deal. I think sometimes there's more in the bottom of the bag than there was added to the container. And I paid for mega. Okay? We think mega is a little bit more. Now, you got a picture of the Flintstones with the ribs on the car, and it tips it over. Those are mega ribs. Okay? Okay. Great piece is not just a little more. It's huge. It's more than you can contain. Remember the great storm that they hit when, when, when they were traveling with Jesus, but there was a great calm, and the great calm, the great calm, God's great is bigger than your great big problem. I'm telling you, God's great's bigger than your great. And you do not want to make him prove it. Great peace. Look at somebody say, dude. Let me tell you something about great peace. Great peace is mega peace. Mega peace is not shaken up because the boss promoted somebody else. Come on now, let's talk about this, what we're supposed to be walking in. We're supposed to be walking in mega peace. Okay, this is, this is the definition of, of our peace. I, I, got, I got peace, right? Why? Because I'm in Christ. I am justified. So I live by faith, and my faith is based on the Word of God. And the Word of God says that I have not my life. I have life like he has it. So I have to make a choice to live his style of life, not mine. So when I want to freak, I'm still not going to freak. Oh, you might get me for a second. I doubt it. I don't think you could get me. Just looking around the room, making sure who's here. <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm pretty positive tonight. Ain't nobody up in the air that can make me, that's going to shake me. You know, how long have we known each other? Never mind. How long have we known each other? That's what I want to hear. I'm, you know, sometimes I'm a little too transparent. Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> See how he just answers questions? Just, he doesn't stop to think. Just learn. Okay. Now, you think there have been very many times that you've ever known me to be freaked out? There's been a couple times I've been upset. I was going to get a piece of something. <laughs> uh, listen, you know, there, if you went to a mechanic, you know, sometimes Christians are so weird. Come on, let's talk about the Sunday morning people for a minute. Bunch of crazy people. And, you know, they, they, they hyper-spiritualize everything. 
and they'd, they'd pick a mechanic because he smiles and prays in tongues and goes to church. But if he can't fix your car, he ain't doing me no good. Right? Now, I don't care if he chews tobacco and smokes cigars and drinks beer. If he can fix my car, he's the guy I need. Okay? Now, I might not be the picture in your brain of what you were hoping for, but let me tell you something. I know peace. So let me talk to you about great peace. You have to make a choice. Well, I want it to overwhelm me and to control me. You're not going to be possessed by the Jesus. You have, to, you have to develop your faith so that you can walk in peace. How? Well, great peace have those that love thy law. You got to get a relationship with the Word of God. Now, you, you got you to remember that when the Bible's talking about love, he ain't talking about the kind of love that you and I normally operate in. He's talking about an intimate relationship with the Word of God. That when you, when you get yourself to the point that you are developing a relationship with the Word. I know Jesus. Well, let's, let's hear some words. I got to be with some guys this week. You know, since we started this project, one of my favorite pastimes, golf, has, has been few and far between. This week I got to golf with some guys, and it's like, some of, it's like they forgot that when you golf with me, one of the first things I'm going to ask you when we're standing on the tee block, what's your scripture? Because I want to, you know, I don't have an off button. I ain't part-time Tom. Hello? Uh, You know, so what's your scripture? So I asked the young guys first, because the older guy looked scared to death. (laughs) And they told me what the scripture was that God had been speaking to them. And I looked at him, and he tried to make one up. I'm telling you, he tried to make one up. (laughs) And finally said, oh, Jesus wept. His golf game sucked. (laughs) You got to have more than that. You got to have an intimate relationship with the word of God or the enemy is going to rob you of your peace. Check this story out. Mark, we have scriptures. They came to the nine disciples. Nine? Yeah, because there were some who were with Jesus. And he had been up on the mountain. The, you know, remember the story of the transfiguration? He's come back down. He, he brought those that had gone with him back with him. So, but they had left nine there. Just so you know. When he came, they saw a great crowd around them and scribes questioning and disputing with him. They walked in on an argument. And look what happened. Immediately all the crowd, when they saw Jesus returning from the holy mountain, his face in person yet glistening, they were greatly amazed and ran up to him and greeted him. And he asked them, about what are you questioning and discussing with them? And one of the throng replied to him, teacher, I brought my son to you, for he has a dumb spirit. I've thought that several times myself, some of my kids. Okay. (laughs) Whenever, wherever... 
Wherever it lays hold of him so as to make him its own, it dashes him down and convulses him, and he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth, falls into a motionless stupor, and is wasting away. And I asked your disciples to drive it out. They couldn't do it. Look at the next verse. He answered them, O unbelieving generation without faith, how long shall I have to do with you? How long am I to bear with you? That sounds kind of rude. telling you, if you walked with Jesus, half the time he's going to offend you. He said, how long am I, how long I got to put up with you guys? Bring him to me. So they brought the boy to him, and when the, and when the spirit saw him, Jesus, at once it completely convulsed the boy. He fell to the ground, kept rolling about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, good Lord, how long has he been like this? He said, from the time he was a little boy. He, it has often thrown him into fire, into water. It's intended to kill him. But if you can do anything, I want you to look at this statement for just a minute. But if you could do anything, could you feel sorry for us? Could you show us some pity? Um, can, can you flash back to Psalms 119, verse 165? I want to show you something. Great peace have they which love thy law. You have this relationship with the word of God. You end up with great peace. And nothing, nothing, it's two words put together to make one word, no thing. There's not one single thing out there that can offend you. no. Off end you. Take you off the end that he declared at the beginning. See, when you ain't got peace, you are off ended. Great peace have those that love thy law. Nothing can knock you off the end. You you can't be taken off target. Why? Because you have such a relationship with the Word of God. Now, here's a guy who's got this storm. Can you go back to that verse in, in Mark? Here's a guy that has chaos in his house, and, but what he'd like to do is get somebody to pat him on the head and give him pity. See, a lot of us are under the impression that if somebody will feel sorry for me, I'll feel better. No, you won't. Matter of fact, if you keep getting pity, it won't be long till you are pitiful. If you, if, I'm pretty sure you probably can't because your dudes can't do nothing. That's kind of a sad statement, isn't it? I bet God can't do anything in my life because he couldn't do it. You, you couldn't do it. You I bet God can't produce peace in my life because you can't walk in it. It's quiet in here. There probably is no hope for our marriage because you're a believer on your way to divorce court. I bet God can't really fix our finances because you're a believer who can't pay his bills. I'm not here to make you feel better. I'm here to tell you that what we need 
is a real relationship with the Word of God. Look at what he says in 23. Jesus said, you say to me, if you can do anything, well, all things are possible to him who believes. And he said, I believe. Help my weakness. I'm telling you, Jesus is at this point ignoring this man. Because you can't, you're not going to, please just hear what I'm saying. Go home, meditate. We think believe is mental assent. But real belief walks in obedience to something. If you believe, you ain't going to be weak in faith. You're going to be strong in faith. Look at what happens. We know this story. When Jesus noticed that the crowd of people that were coming running, he rebuked the unclean spirit, say to him, you dumb and deaf spirit, I charge you to come out of him and never go back to him again. And after giving a hoarse, clamoring, fear-stricken shriek of anguish and convulsing him terribly, it came out. It don't make any difference what it looks like in the middle. Let me tell you something. The thing that's trying to wreak havoc in your life is on its way out. I'm telling you, it's on its way out. That thing's been messing with your marriage, on its way out. That thing's been messing with your finances, on its way out. Hello, somebody. And the boy lay pale and motionless like a corpse so that many of them. Now, if, if, if I just want you to go back and read it later. Because remember when he came down from the mountain, he brought them with him. He went to them, the nine disciples. Now, them are making a statement. The them, don't think the them's the crowd. The them are the people who are supposed to be with him. So many of them said, oh, God, he died. (laughs) Uh, Just leave that there for a second. Check it out. See, a lot of us are under the impression that if there ain't no chaos, we're going to die. It's like we're addicted to crazy. The believers stand around going, hope we got insurance. Verse 27. Jesus took a strong grip of his hand and began lifting him up, and he stood. Here's what I want you to see. Jesus has a strong grip. Okay? Jesus has a strong grip. You are supposed to be Christ-like. So it's time for you to get a grip. You need to get a grip on the Word of God like you ain't never had before. Because God's leading you. And let me tell you what's coming just just down and around the corner, just just a few few steps away from you, uh, is another storm. (laughs) Remember remember, uh, when God was limited to lead the people 
out of bondage because of their unbelief. Remember when Jesus went to certain places and he couldn't do very many miracles there because of their unbelief? Unbelief is an attitude that's got to be captivated and then driven out of your life. Think of it this way. Your belief system when you're in unbelief is simply standing on the wrong thing. It's wrong thinking. It's thinking pity is going to help. Pity ain't going to help. It, it, it's you, you thinking people, if they, if, they just, if they could just feel my pain. No, you don't need somebody to feel your pain. You need Jesus to heal your pain, okay? And, and you, you, your, your belief is based on a word that's contradictory to God's word. And what we have to do if we're going to demonstrate Satan's defeat is we have to have a shift and say, no, I'm going to believe, I choose to believe the word of God. I'm making a statement that, that I am going to live by the, by the, by the Spirit. And, and Romans, listen to this, Romans 8, 2, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ, Jesus, has made me free from the law of sin and death. The law of the Spirit, it's life. Now, it, it's, it's, a, it's a law that if you're walking by the Spirit, let me tell you what you're going to keep seeing uh, come into, into every environment that you step into, life. Quit expecting death. Don't live under the impression that that if you don't have enough stuff going on, ain't nobody going to care about you anymore. No, beat that mindset out of your life and just determine, no, I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm justified. I live by faith and faith in the word of God. Somebody say amen. Now, check this out for just a minute. How, how am I going to live by faith? Uh, how am I going to keep myself from being off-ended when the stupid devil shows up? Look at somebody say, he's a stupid devil. Well, if you do it God's way, Matthew, remember Matthew 6, uh, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, and then all that other stuff he's going to take care of. So, so how am I going to do this? Well, I'm going to do this his way, right? I'm going to do this his way. Uh, if you do life his way, then you're going to live by faith. If you're going to live by faith, you've got to have the word of God. If you're going to live by faith, and faith comes from hearing the word of God, don't you kind of have to become aggressive about the word? You can't be complacent about the Word of God. you got to get aggressive about the Word. Matthew eleven twelve. 12, from the days of John the Baptist, even until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence. The violent take it by force. Force, that word means, is something that changes or rearranges things. It's kind of like dynamite is a force. It can change and rearrange things. God's Word can change and rearrange some things in your brain. In your spirit, you need you need God's word. You you got to go at it. You you got to chase after God's word like a fat man runs after a kick. You got to go get you some. Hello, and I'll tell you what. You you know you walk through here with the right cake, and you better get out my way because I'm gonna go get me some. And that's what you got. You got to get that attitude about the word of God. I'm gonna go get me some. And when you feel yourself starting to shift and circumstances and situations start to throw you off your game, instead of focusing on the chaos, you got to go get you some word, man. 
You, you, man, just, you, you might have to cancel your movie night or, or, or tell the friends we're going to go out to dinner next week because tonight i got to get in the room, close the door, and find me some word. i got, I, I, I got to get me some word because I'm telling you what, right now, guys, I'm telling you right now, just, you, know, you might be right on the edge of just taking somebody out and telling God they died. Get you some word. Great peace, great peace, great peace, great peace. Hey, I might, I might just have a little taste of peace. Well, peace is pretty good. If you get yourself just a little bit of it, guess what you're going to want? You're going to want a little bit more. And you get a little bit more, and let me tell you what you're going to want next. You're going to want a, just a bigger chunk, right? If you, if, if you just start moving towards peace, let me just tell you what's going to happen. The Spirit of God's going to begin to draw you and move you to a place where you're kind of addicted to peace. People start looking at you like, what happened to the guy I used to know? Because things that used to upset you, things that used to knock you down, you know, I love this word, off end. It means cause to stumble, fall, quit, or fail. If you've got God's word, nothing can cause you to fall, stumble, quit, or fail. You, you will not quit. You will not cave in in the middle you will not be taken off the end. God declared the end at the beginning. Proverbs 14, 12 says there's a way that seems right to you, but the end is really screwed up. What we end up doing is hyper-focusing on the end when we, what we need to do, or, or we hyper-focus on the middle, you know, and, and well, it seems to me there's a way that seems right to man. It seems to me like it ought to go this way. It seems to me, and if you live by your seamer, get me, let me tell you something. Your, your, your thinker and your seamer is going to rob you of your peace. But you need to get hyper-focused on the end and let God direct the way. And you will have peace all the way through the middle. Don't you think it's weird that when they were in the storm and they all thought they were going to die, that they went down and woke up Jesus? I mean, it really bothers me. If we're going to die, why wake me up and tell me? Just let me die in my sleep. Because chaos looking for pity. Chaos will drive you to go to the guy who's on his way to give his life for you and say, don't you care? Making any sense? Chaos will lie to you. It'll deceive you into thinking wrong. I guess it didn't work this time. I guess God's not going to come through because, well, you know, we're imperfect people. Isn't everybody? Isn't everybody? I think Romans says all have sinned. All. So if all have sinned, then all are imperfect. If all are imperfect, but he came through for them, but he's now not coming through for you, then that means that he is preferential towards certain people. Which means he's a liar. So I guess either God's a liar or you're thinking wrong. I wonder what the odds are. You're thinking wrong. Okay? (laughs) Here's the deal. Here's the deal is that, man, God is going to come through. Every time. 
And you have, you have the ability, I'm telling you, you have strength for all things. You are ready for and equal to anything that comes your way. It's important to remember that you have strength for anything that comes your way. Just so that you remember, so that anytime anything shows up, you know that no thing, I don't care what anything it is, but no thing shall off end me. I love reading uh, Psalms 119 in, in the Amplified Bible because over and over and over, David makes a statement. He says uh, about the Word of God, he says, I hear, I receive, I love, and I obey your Word. I hear it, I receive it, I love it, and I obey it. I hear it. You know, how do I, how do I get started in this thing? Start hearing the Word of God. Faith cometh by hearing, not by heard. I've heard this before. Well, it ain't going to help you then. See, if you're going to go get it, if you're going to go get it, you, you come to church ready to hear the Word of God. And I, I'm going to get me some Word. Dude, i got to tell you something. You know, when I get in a car and I turn on my podcasts, I'm getting me some Word. It's not very often anymore that I hear a message that I never heard before. But I never hear a message that I don't hear something. Because if I listen, can I, I'll just tell you my habit. If I listen to a message and I don't hear something, then I listen again. And if I listen to it four times and I don't hear something, I think sometimes I could drive people around me crazy because I'm going to listen again. Why? Because there's something here. I'm going to hear it. If that guy's got any Bible in there at all, I'm going to hear something. I got to hear his word. Then I got to receive it. James said, if you receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, it has the power to save your soul. It has the power to change the way you think, which will change the way you feel, which will change the way you make your choices, which will change the actions you perform, which will change the habits that you develop, which will change the character that you possess, which will change the end result that you experience. I don't just hear it. I got to receive it. That's for me. That's for me. Don't be them people that go to church and listen to messages that people who weren't there should have heard. Gone, gone to church for 27 years, ain't never heard a message that applies to you, but, man, you've sure mailed a lot of CDs. Man, you missed a good one. <laughs> they can't tell by watching you. Hallelujah. Just saying, you know. You got to hear it, got to receive it, you got to love it. You got to get intimate with that word. You want great peace? You got to love his word. You got to love his word. Not quit trying to prove that don't apply to you. You got to have a you got to have a relationship. Can I tell you what happened when Shelby and I started dating? I mean, when I finally caved in and said, "Okay." started changing things in my world so it would become more pleasing for her to be in it. Things I put up with, I got rid of. Friends that I endured, I exchanged. Why? Because I needed an environment where she was comfortable. Peace is a presence. 
It's a personality. He is the prince of peace. You are developing a relationship with Jesus. And you're willing to change whatever it takes to keep him around. It worked out pretty good. You got to obey it. You got to obey his word. Guys, let, let, let me just be very real with you for a minute. As we pursue the purposes of God, all hell could break loose against us. Families are going to be under attack, financial situations, physical bodies, emotional roller coasters. You got to walk in peace. You got to have a bigger peace than the storm you're in. If I asked, don't, don't respond by holding your hand up. If I asked, how many want a great victory? Oh, we all, yes. Well, then you have to be willing to go into a great battle because you don't get great victories from itty-bitty battles. So we're on our way to great victory, which means there's going to be great battle, which means you're going to have to have a greater peace than the size of great of the battle, right? So you gotta, you got to have a love relationship with the Word of God, and you've got to walk in obedience to it. If you're not walking in obedience to the Word of God, you can't be walking around claiming, you know, uh, what is it, uh, uh, Isaiah 32, 18, my people are, shall dwell in a peaceful habitation, a secure dwelling place, a, a quiet resting place. They're going to have a peaceful habitation. Well, if you're not obeying the Word of God, you're not going to be producing a peaceful habitation. you got to obey it. Hello? Come on. We, we got to be doers of the word, not hearers only who end up deceiving ourselves and forgetting who we are when we walk away from the book. You need to remember. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I have got great peace. Some of you guys, you're going to be challenged in this arena before you get out of the parking lot. No, it's just life. You're going to go out there and you know, what do you do when you go out to the car and you got a flat tire? What do you do? Stand there and, well, the devil flattened my tire. No, there's just no air in there. <laughs> got to have peace. We need to be demonstrating peace. Some of you guys, there's so much chaos and you've been so separated from peace. You need to have a little piece of peace to remind you what peace is like so that you'll go after a little bigger chunk which will get you addicted, and pretty soon you'll be chasing down the street. Man, gonna get me some. So real quick, what I want you to do is, if you're in this room today and you say, you know what? Chaos is wreaking havoc in my life. It's kind of like the story of that boy where, you know, man, this is, sometimes it's like I, I don't have anything to say. I can't hear correctly. The thing's trying to choke me out, throw me in the fire, throw me in the water, trying to, trying to, destroy my life and I'm ready for peace. If that's you, here, here's a move for you. Have a little bit of courage for just a second. If that's you, just stand to your feet right now. You have the right to know peace. I said you have the right to know peace. 
So church, just in agreement, just reach your hands out towards these people. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we stand on your word. And we command the forces that have tried to remove peace, that have tried to bring distraction to peace, the thing that's tried to get them off the end that you declared at the beginning, we come against it, we bind it, and we demand right now in Jesus' name that it loose them and let them go. That they would be free right now in Jesus' name. God, we don't want to be a people who come together and sing about a place of freedom. We want to be a people who live in that place of freedom. Who demonstrate great peace. We love your law. And nothing will have the power to shake us off the end that you have us headed for. So God, we thank you for peace right now in Jesus' name. Come on, give God one more shout, one more praise. Amen. Guys, you can be seated. I I want you to close your eyes and bow your head. We're going to pray one more prayer before we leave tonight. And if you're here tonight, you've been living Yahweh life instead of Zoe life. You've been, you're, you're not really traveling with God. You don't have a real relationship with Jesus.